good to meet you. Um, I'm not sure if anyone knows or if it's been made um, public, but, but you, you celebrate your long service leave with the Am- Ambos and you're becoming a chaplain with the Ambos. I thought that was, that, that I've just been, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I was, I mean, I, like I say, I hadn't met Steve before, but I was just, you know, praying for Steve and, um, and really felt God giving me a passage for you, which I really hope is a passage of hope because it's, it's about hope. It's in um, Hebrews 6 and it's verses 19 and 20. I'm not sure if you can do this here, but I, I, just, I really want to encourage Steve because I, I think someone that's you know, been in the Ambos for that long and probably has seen a lot of stuff that's pretty, you know, pretty um, gruesome, pretty horrible stuff to see and yet after years and years wanting to go on further and be a chaplain just shows um, shows me anyway what a, what a man of God you are and what, a, um, what an incredible heart you have still um, to, to go even beyond just the job of an ambulance driver to actually you know, take the love of God and the hope of God into those situations. So I just want to read that out. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, Jesus the forerunner, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And I just, I love that story because the, um, the, the, the anchor, the anchoria, is um, quite often in, in the old, um, in, in the Middle Eastern times, they, they had a big, in their harbours, they had a big stone anchor. And, and what would happen was the, the forerunner would leave a boat and he would ro- uh, row with, the an- with an anchor and, and hook it up onto that anchoria, that, that big stone in the harbour. And when that happened, the boat was secure. And when we think about Jesus, Jesus is the forerunner who's gone before us and we have this beautiful hope. So I think, Steve, for you, just that, that, that just hold on to that, that, that no matter what's going on, that you are going there as a man anchored, anchored into heaven, that Jesus has gone before us in the Holy of Holies, you know, and, and just to, I, I hope and pray for you that as you do that, no matter what you see, you actually really start seeing the kingdom of God flowing into situations which, you know, otherwise hopeless situations. You can be a man truly anointed to do that job of chaplaincy. So bless you. Bless you for that. I hope I'm allowed to do that. Am I? <laughs> I'll, I'll please. Sure, sure. Sure, thank you. All right. Okay, Psalm 92. A song for the Sabbath day. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. To proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. To the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord. How profound your thoughts. The senseless man does not know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be forever destroyed. But you, O Lord, are exalted forever. For surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured upon me. 
My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will, they, they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Amen. So as I was praying about what to preach to people I hadn't really met before, didn't really know much of what was going on, I was really impacted by a song. It's an old hill song called You Have Made Me Glad. Beautiful song. Really touched by it and just really, just I hadn't heard it for years and was just, you know, in my own life, my own walk to work, I was just find myself, you know, tears flowing as I'm walking down the street. Just this beautiful song, I will bless the Lord forever. No matter what's going on, he's my strong tower. You know, and, and so I, I don't know, I just realised it was from Psalm 92 and thought that's a great passage and I really felt God leading me to preach on it today. Just those words, you have made me glad. Sheer, there's sheer relief there, isn't there? Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved to be in the house of God. I'm so relieved to have God in my life. You know, Melissa and I, one of the things we love doing is um, our adventure sports. So the real long duration um, events, love them. Um, uh, it was a couple of years ago now, Melissa was telling me she did, a, I think it was a 50 kilometre fundraiser. It was sort of like her first big one. And, and it was really interesting. She said as soon as most of the ladies finished, they all started crying. Just the sheer relief of finishing. I'm glad that's over. Just the relief, you know. And, and poor Aidan, um, I'm trying to get my son, you know, at least one of my sons into a similar thing, you know, into sort of duration walking. We were in America last year at Yosemite National Park and, um, and I've done uh, quite a few what's called the John Muir Trail, and, um, which is about 350 kilometres and I thought it'd be really nice to do a, a section of that with Aidan. So I did a, I think it was a 60 kilometre walk with him um, over three days. The poor kid. He was, oh, no, I'm not kidding, he was just, me. towards the end he was just dragging his walking sticks. And, <laughs> um, what a, yeah. And um, anyway, when we finally got back to the campground, uh, where's Aiden? And Aiden had, had found what, what are called bear boxes, where you, they're metal boxes where you put your, your gear so the bears won't get to it. He'd sort of hidden behind one of them and we, we had a look and he was just crying his eyes out. Just sheer relief that it was over. So glad it was over. And then um, on the June long weekend, I, one of the things I sort of have loved doing with some um, mates from uh, uni days is it's called GeoQuest and this year it was in Tea Gardens. It's, a, it's up to, you know, 48 hours people can be doing this. It's just it's rugged. And um, anyway, this year we started, it was, we had to row across the, um, Port Stephens and I'd fallen out you know, a dozen times I just had a really bad canoe and a really bad kayak. And anyway, by the time I'd gotten over to Shoal Bay, I was exhausted and I thought, oh, I've got so far to go. Oh my goodness. And, you know, 15 hours later, we were walking through the, the mountains, um, sort of behind Karua. In the dark, there was, you know, black snakes nipping at my heels. There was, um, I was trying to walk down hills, getting tripped up by stuff, you know. My knees, we felt like I'd had knee surgery. It was so painful and, you know, kept going and kept going when I finally 
got to tea gardens 28 hours after finishing, I was just, I, it happened to me. I just burst out into tears. I just, I'm so glad that's over. Sheer relief. Sheer relief. And I think sometimes when we're walking this Christian walk that we're called to walk, you know, in the Bible it's quite often called a race, isn't it? And sometimes it can feel like a sprint. Sometimes it can feel like everything's happening well, the, the prayer's working, you know, it just seems that all our finances are well, everything's going well. But other times it can just seem so uphill with no end and all you want to do is give up at those times when you just sort of think, I can't go on. But, you know, God and the Bible tells us we don't have to give up. We maybe have to pause and remember. And in, the, in that pausing there's a gladness that comes. I'm so glad I kept going. I'm so glad I didn't give up. I'm so glad. And so I love this psalm and I really hope it motivates us as we, you know, in a sense, go forward just with a, with, with a real motivation to keep running, keep, keep sort of enjoying this walk wherever God takes us next. And as I explored Psalm 92, I got a really pleasant surprise as I got the song and then I looked it up. I realised just those words, a psalm for the Sabbath. It's a Sabbath psalm. And I'm sure you know this, but Sabbath, it reflects God's pattern for the world. So in six days, God worked hard to create and on the seventh, he rested. And he created that pattern for us, didn't he? He created, he said to us, I want you to do the same thing. Well, the people of Israel, I want you to do the same thing. Work for six days, but keep the seventh holy and remember me in that day. Sabbath, stop, pause, remember. That's what it means, to stop and pause and remember. And we do that so we continue to see God's work in our lives. You know, in the good time and bad, sometimes when we think it's us doing everything, we have to remember, no, it's God, God behind everything. Or sometimes when it doesn't seem like anything's happening, we have to remember that God's there. And I love the fact that how many millions must have read this psalm over the years? How many others have stopped and paused and remembered? I think that's what I'd love us to do this morning, is just to stop and pause and remember the God who's with us. The God that's with been with us individually as a, as a church and with, with our family and now uniting us on a new journey. Stop and pause and remember this God. Well, it starts, I love that it starts, it is good. It is good because that's God's answer to his creation is that every day he looks and says, it is good. It is good what I've created. I love, it is good to praise the name of the Lord and make music to your name. I love that. Making music, creating music. Thank you so much. I think it's so lovely when a group of people can get together on a Sunday morning and create something beautiful for God. Making music. Isn't it good to, to just get in that place where you think, God is so good. God, I love you. Thank you for Jesus. It's good to do that every week, isn't it? It'd be so sad. I'm sure if, if people haven't had the opportunity to do that, you know what it's like when you're not able to get amongst brothers and sisters. So it is good for what we're doing this morning. It's so good to continue to make music together. And sometimes it's like that, you know, sometimes you think it is good. Amen. I'm sure in those in, in the days of um, when this was first written, I'm sure that they, you know, when the when the crops are all you know, full, when the when the trees are full of fruit, 
when everything's going wonderfully, they've, they've got great prosperity, there's peace in the land. Wonderful to praise God at those times. Wonderful. But I'm sure there are other times when it's drought, when it's famine, when there's a war going on, when you sort of think the last thing, when as family and, and society is impacted, the last thing you feel like doing when, you feel, when you're so grieved and, and tired is actually remembering God, worshipping God for his goodness. It's the last thing we feel like doing. Sometimes it can feel so empty doing that. It's just you're going through the motions. What's the point of, of going when you don't even feel what you're doing? It's not so easy to praise God in those times. It's not so easy to say it is good. And I think for us, the people of the Christian faith, you know, those that have been called out of darkness into his marvellous light, once weren't a people but now we're the people of God, filled with his spirit, you know, the potential in us to change the world, to do good works that God preordained for us to do. You get excited when you read our sort of description of who we are as God's people. And it's absolutely fantastic to be able to come here. We may not call it Sabbath, but it's so wonderful to come into the Lord's house on a Sunday and just, just get together. But you know, sometimes we come here on fire. Sometimes we do feel like God's doing amazing stuff and we just think it's fantastic to be in God's house. It is good to praise his name. It's good to do that. It passes. Because other times it's not so easy. Sometimes we're just baffled by what God's doing in our lives. We're so baffled what's happening in the world. We're so baffled what's happening with those doctor's reports we're getting or with the finances. You know, what on earth? You know, God, you provide, but you haven't this week. All those times when we come here and we just think, God, what are you doing? If we had any chance, we'd want to ask God what he's doing. You tell him how we think he should be doing it. You know, there are times when we, when we get to Sunday, when we sort of go, oh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't feel right to worship God. But that's okay. It passes. Because we, we know, don't we, that there are seasons to life. I think as we get older, we understand this all too well, that things do pass, that sometimes you can have these times that are really tough, but then you sort of have times when you sort of think, it did pass, I got through it. Ecclesiastes says there in everything there is a season. And the thing about seasons is they change, and I think in Blackheath you know that very well, don't you? You know that it's, mind you though, in hindsight, I think most times I've been here, it's been quite cold <laughs> and wet and hailing. So I'm, I hope, no, actually that's not true. We did have a lovely sunny day for the, um, the, the uh, rhododendron festival. But yet you, you guys know that there are really different seasons in life. And just like in the seasons of the earth, there are seasons for God's family too. So times pass. That's the very nature of life. Hang around because it passes. You know, pause, stop and remember in good times and in bad that God is still God. He's still the creator. He's still the creator. He still has a plan for our lives that's so unique to us that he thought about before we were even born. Life is a gift from him. He's our saviour. He's the one who got us out of darkness and he's not going to let us go. He's not going to let us go. So much to be thankful for. A thousand things to be thankful for. There's that beautiful song, um, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, the second verse, it says, 10,000 
10,000 reasons for my heart to find, that's it. It's true, isn't it? As we, as we do stop, pause and remember, we will find many, many reasons to rejoice. There's much to give thanks to God for. I love that it continues, You make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Now it's celebrating and recollecting what God's done in the past. It says, I, I sing for joy what your hands have done. I'll break in the song quite a lot, don't I? But shout to the Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. You know, we, we sing for joy at what God's done in the past. But just as importantly, this psalm's acknowledging that God is still at work. How great are your works, Lord? And you make me glad what you've done and what you are doing. I think one of the things that just drew me to this church, you know, I... I, I um, I was given the sort of names of other churches and, and I thought a good way to understand where a church is is to hear sermons from those churches. And so I, got, I heard some fantastic preachers preaching about the Bible, preaching about the wonderful things God's done in the past. But they tended to conclude that he doesn't do that anymore or, or something to that effect where we shouldn't be expecting mighty things. And it broke my heart. I'm there going, that's not my experience of God. My experience of God is almost every day he blows my mind. So I just really felt, oh Lord, please, please give me a church that really, you know, send me to a church that, that loves you for what you are doing. And I thank you, Graham, and others. Lillian, is Lillian here today? Lillian's here? Lillian, thank you so much. Honestly, um, God's treasured possessions, we preach the same thing on the same day. And it was one of those things I just sort of felt, God is working, you know. Thank you for a church that just says, God is still at work. God is still at work. And amazing things happen to people who believe that God still can do amazing things. And equally, I think it's really sad when a church looks back, okay, God has done amazing things, but they were a couple of decades ago, a few decades ago. And it's almost like impossible to go forward because people are almost like comparing, oh, that was, you know, I remember way back when, the glory days, you know. I think most churches have them, you know. Like there was you know, a real vibrancy, a real, you know, overflowing in the past, but that was years ago. Newtown Mission, in a sense, went through that. It had an amazing, I was speaking to someone today, um, talking about Ron Brookman and his incredible ministry in the 90s. The place was like charismatic renewal. It was incredible, the stuff that was happening there. But it's almost like you wouldn't know it today because there's just that sense of, you know, oh, you know, God did, God's done his best stuff. And I always just remind people of 2 Corinthians 3.18. Glory to ever-increasing glory. And that's God. God doesn't want us just to see, oh, you know, that was that. You know, we can't expect much more. I really believe that as we seek God. We praise him what he's done in the past, but we just sort of say, God, you are going to do amazing things. And I feel it this morning. I feel that there's a church here that just really wants to see God glorified in Blackheath. They really want to see that. It's almost like you, you, you picture it. You have visions about it, about what could be if the people of God were so united and seeking him and he's just working glorified, you know, the body of Christ, you know, the, the Spirit of God working through this body and other churches in Blackheath just to do the things 
that God can do for people. The psalm next it encourages us to hold on to the promise, good will always triumph over evil. Just verse 9, For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. I think one thing I notice about living in the inner city, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's happening here too, is there's a noticeable increase not just in atheism, which is there is no God, to what's known as anti-theism. So actually people are really, they, they, it's almost like becoming okay to bag Christians, to bag Jesus. It's okay to do that. You wouldn't do it to anyone else, but Christians. It's okay to do that. You know, I think a couple of TV channels in particular, it's almost like... It's, it's we're just we're fair game, and they give a thousand and one excuses why we, you know, why why we deserve it, and so that is the culture we we we're sort of growing up with the church is living in is this this increase in sort of cynicism and mocking of church, and they'll point back to things in the past, and and you'll certainly hear in my testimony tonight the church wasn't always fantastic for me in those early days, but yet that that doesn't matter God is above his church. And so I think it's become, as it's becoming acceptable to do that, it's just wonderful that we have places like this because they are holy moments when we sort of say, regardless of what society says, we think it is good to stop and pause and remember. And so this place becomes, you know, it becomes authentic and real to worship because we have to make that choice to worship. We have to make a choice to come here and worship, and God loves and honours when His people do that. It's certainly something we notice in Newtown. Is that you know, it's it's just a, a wonderful. I think it's the you know the 2042 postcode is now the most atheistic postcode in Australia. But there's just such a beautiful presence of God as we choose to come and worship God. And I think it's it's so important. You know, verse seven it says in in the uh, Good News Bible version it says. This about evil. It says, The wicked may grow like weeds. Those who do wrong may prosper, yet they will be totally destroyed. So we do see that in our world. We do see there are periods when it just seems that evil or, or you know, um, ungodliness seems to just be growing and growing and growing. Melissa's family have a place on the Mile Lakes. It's a, a wonderful property that's been a real haven for us living in the inner city. Um, it's, it's the last bit of freehold land on the whole of the Mile Lakes covered by national parks. And when we went there, when I first started going about 10 years ago, um, the property next door was, was still freehold and they had cattle on it. And you could walk down the road and you could look down and see the lake through the trees. It was beautiful, you know, a really beautiful spot. But then national parks took it over and, and one of their sort of um, management strategies is just let it go. <laughs> And so there was a lot of lantana. It was little bits of lantana years ago. Now it's, you know, high as the ceiling. And, and just, you know, <laughs> um, high as the ceiling. And, and it's just impenetrable. And I know, having worked for national parks, that, that quite often it's just, it's just like, well, what can you do? Honestly, it's just so big. They have a strategy. And that is that the one day, they know it's happened in the past, one day a fire will come through. And we'll get to see that wonderful view again. They can guarantee they've got the proof that years and years and years there's been fires go through there. And I think it's, it's very similar to us that even though we see these periods where evil seems to prop, where, where things, the, the evil or, or you know, just people that are ungodly, 
seem to be going so well. I think if you hang around long enough, you see that they fall. You do actually see that, that good, God's goodness reigns. And that's what we hold on to yet, even saying that. I don't want you to think that I'm in any way sort of saying it's us versus them. That was very much how they would have read this initial psalm. The people of God, Israel, it's us. And all those nations out there, them, it's us versus them and we'll see our enemies conquered. We know now that God, through Jesus, went to all people. God's love, God's love is the thing that we have here. But it's not the people that, the, that have the problem. It's something above. It's something bigger than just a human being. It's, it's the influence of evil on a person. That is the thing we long to see conquered. We long to see scattered. And I, again, I, I come here with, with stories where I've seen that happen. Stories where people that have just been so overcome by evil just cannot, or you know, that evil cannot hang around when the light shines. You know, I, I, bring, I bring just testimonies and, and I can picture in my mind the times in which I've seen evil overcome by good. And I pray we can see more of that too. That evil and evildoers will be scattered. That the, the, the principalities don't like it when God's people praise God. They know greater is he living in us than he who's living in the world. And I, I love songs about the cross. The cross. They, they remind us about Jesus. They remind us we remember Jesus as we meet. That all evildoers are scattered in the presence of Jesus. Verse 10. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. That is, God, you give me the strength that you'd give a wild ox. You give me that strength and the anointing. You know, we, we know ourselves, don't we, the, 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 just the, the anointing, the presence of the Spirit of God just strengthens us to keep going. Again, you know, for the past 20 years I've found myself serving God in some pretty dark places. Sometimes I'll, I'll go to a service very, very heavy-hearted. Another funeral, another overdose, whatever. You know, so many things that just make me so just heavy-hearted. And yet, I'll always come into that God's house every single time, every single time that I've chosen to come into God's house on a Sunday. I know that I will leave encouraged. I will leave going, it's okay. God's in control and everything will be all right. And not just that, but just filled with a hope that somehow God can, can do what he did in others, what he did in me. That's, that's my motivation, God, what God's done in my life motivates me to want to see it done in other people's life. God will do whatever it takes to, to do what you've done in my life. See that multiplied hundredfold, thousandfold. In others. And, and as I get into the house of God and I feel his strength and I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, that anointing in me, I know, I know that everything's going to be okay. And I just want to say that that's what I love about God's house, that we can come here and God just wants to meet with his people, as we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say the Holy Spirit excites me. 
The Holy Spirit excites me. How amazing it is to think that, that just as God sent his Son and the Son sent the Spirit and, and, and they send, send us that we partner with God the Holy Spirit. It's exciting to think we get to partner with God. Well, going on, it finishes beautifully with words of promise and encouragement. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will still stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. And the person of faith can see beyond their current circumstances. I will flourish. It's not something like some sort of new age mantra, I will flourish, I will flourish. That's not it. It's, it's planted in the hope that God is still God. God is God. And what he says, I love someone said today, I love your word. Thank you for your word, God. So much bigger, so much potential he sees in me than I see in me. Now, God will honour those who honour him. And I've, again, I, I always have this beautiful analogy. If you have a little seedling, and you plant that seedling in the sun, you give it everything it needs, sun, fertiliser, you water it. If you were to do that for 10 years, would you still expect to see a seedling? No, I would expect something like our bohinia tree in our backyard that I had to spend Friday just you know, crazy amount of time trying to trim, just enormous, you know, as high as this roof, 10 years old. <laughs> we planted it when we got to uh, Tempe. So you expect... When you plant something in the right circumstances, you expect it will flourish. And so, people of God, we should expect the same, that that as we spend time with the Lord, as we spend time planted in the house of the Lord, we will. We are promised by Jesus too, aren't we? Abide in me, remain in me, and you will bear fruit, fruit of righteousness, fruit that will last. Okay, Jesus also says, you know, that as the seed's scattered, sometimes there's other stuff that happens. But there's even that promise there in that parable of the sower. There's even that promise that you'll see a great harvest. And that's what we hold on to. Jesus has promised that we will flourish, even into old age. And I don't want to say too much except that I've loved the sermons. I really hoped, I looked at about you know, 20 different versions to find a better word than old. And, um, and I was looking for you know, mature or something like that, but they, I didn't find it. it just, but but I, I, I want to thank you from what I have known about this church, that you know, even in, in, in the, um, what's a better word, the, the autumn years? Or, I don't know, <laughs> the, um, even when others would, would basically be saying, you know, it's time to retire, it's time to just you know, stop. Caleb, I love Caleb in the Bible. I'm 85. I was promised this land 40 years ago. I'm taking it today, the hill country. I love that. Not just the nice flat area. You know, Caleb says, no, I want the hill country. I'll take it. I'm ready for battle. And I I, I just want to, I just love that. Young people, I just want to just say how fortunate, how fortunate you guys are to have such godly men and women that have walked the walk. They've done it. They know what life's like. Don't be too sort of, don't, don't be too quick to dismiss. 
Now, what a blessing it is to have these people here. And also, those of us that are older, you know, what a joy it is to have young people. I really do believe that it's the young people that, as they really come to understand the gospel in a way that somehow in the past, you know, so many of their parents, for example, couldn't wait to get out of church because it was so boring, you know, and so irrelevant. But as, as you guys really come to understand the gospel, you will be on fire in your schools. And I just wanted to say, one of the things at Newtown, that it's been my great privilege, as even I would go out and, and just want to see what God did in me, he just led me to a bunch of people that were wanting to do the same thing, just want to be authentic Christians in the 21st century. And I've just been so blessed to see so many people come and to see, again, just the way God's worked in their lives and, and, and just sent them. I mean, we were quite a small church, but I think it's at the last count there were 40 missionaries in our small church. We just send people out. It's just quite something to just have people come off the street, get saved, and next thing you know they're going you know, to the mission field or they're in Bible college. It's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so for me as a pastor, I just think, I want to make sure that anybody that's coming to church, I know what it's like living in the 21st century as a Christian, 21st century Australia. And I'll tell you what, down the hill, it's getting worse. It's getting, it's just craziness. Just the amount of people flocking in there and just the, just, it's, it's, it's going to be so nice to come up to the hills. Um, but you know, I just want to say that, that it's just anybody that's going out into the, into their workplaces, into their families even, not just the, not just the, um, their workplaces, but even our families become the mission field. And so I've, I've come to realise that the missionary's not always the one who's sent way over when. The missionary is anyone. We're something like missionaries in our neighbourhoods, in our families, in our workplaces. And so I just want to just say I want to honour the fact that that's the world we're living in, that's the world you're going into. And so it's my desire to want to make sure as the people of God come into God's house, that as we stop, pause and remember God, that we really truly can say it is good to do that and the promises made to them that we will see evil overcome, that we will see God do great things, that we will see fruit. The promises made to them are promises to us. I just want to pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for each one of us. Thank you that you saw, even when we were just in rebellion, even when we weren't with you, God, you saw each and every one of us that's here and those that, are, that, that come to this place. You saw every one of us and you made a way, God, for us to be together today and, and Lord we just look forward. We want to thank you so much Lord for what you've done. We want to thank you so much Lord. You've done more than even we could imagine you've done. You've, you've done more than we've seen. You are constantly working for our good Lord God. And so we pray as we stop, pause and remember God, we, we pray that you would do so much more than we have seen God. You would do so much more, not just for us, Lord, but overflow. That as you fill us, it's to overflowing, Lord God. And Lord, I pray 
that there's a, um, a desire in us to seek you, to come here and be with your people when we're going well, when things are going well, when we just really feel just the life's just the best, life's worth living. But also, Lord, those times when it just seems we can't understand what you're doing, we can't understand what's going on and how you could possibly do anything with the mess we're in, Lord God. We just say, can we come? Stop, pause and remember. And as we do that, Lord, that you will just be working in us and through us, Holy Spirit, and overflowing, overflowing. And Lord, I want to thank you so much as I look up and and see people in the mezzanine, Lord. I I do pray that, Lord, we, we just want to say there are so many still not here this morning, so many who, who are being just, um, yeah, just the, 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 the things that they are being told, that, that they aren't from you, Lord. You who are the way, the truth and the life, Jesus. And so we pray for opportunities, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you so much for what I've even heard from this church, even this morning. I pray for that, um, the, the working being next Saturday at Mount Victoria. Lord, may there be just many times like that where the people, they, they just somehow, they cannot point at the church anymore and say, um, and say hypocrites or say bad things. But somehow they're, they're, they're silenced. I think it says that in 1 Peter, silenced by our good works, silenced by the actions, by our actions, Lord God. I want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you're giving us. Lord, you've done great things, you're doing great things and you will continue to do great things. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.